0: Our moral lives always are meant to serve relationships. And so just as a young man might fall in love with a woman and he wants to grow as a man so that he can be a better husband eventually and, um, and eventually after that uh, a father, a good father, he might start to make changes in his life that allow his life to be less about him and more about this woman whom he has fallen in love with. And so his own ego starts to slowly um, shrink as this other person has entered into his life who he wants to give himself to. And so his moral behavior and his moral actions begin to reflect that. And he's motivated by this love. That is exactly how, or it, I should say it is very similar to the way that we understand morality as Catholics. The laws that God has given us are oriented towards our relationship with God. God's commands are, um, are not without meaning. They are meant to guide us towards the relationship with Jesus. Jesus. That is why the church has very strong opinions on moral teachings, and it's very important to stay in accord with the teachings of the church. Listen to the gospel. Remain in my love. This is Jesus speaking to the Twelve at the Last Supper. Remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in His love, I have told you this, So that my joy might be in you and your joy might be complete. So I've told you this about keeping my commandments so that your joy might be complete. And so Jesus makes this correlation between keeping his commandments and that's what allows us to remain in his love. And keeping his commandments allows us to experience his joy so that his joy might be in us. And our joy might be complete. So, following His commandments is a very important aspect of being in relationship with Him. Um, it, in fact, it's 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 an essential aspect of being in relationship with Jesus. Um, one of the kind of the the main divides, as far as I'm concerned in the Western world these days is the division between our understanding of human anthropology. And in one camp, you have um, this idea that our humanity and what it means to be a human is completely and utterly malleable. Meaning, we can define what it means to be a human being. Um, And that can be traced back to a lot of philosophical thinkers, but maybe the most prevalent in the 20th century would be Jean-Paul Sartre and he, his philosophy of existentialism. And, um, and he, he kind of got his stuff, a lot of his stuff, from uh, Nietzsche. And so this, mindset, this philosoph- philosophical mindset is, I define what it means to be a human being. In myself the other camp would say and this is the christian camp would say that humanity is already something and the more that we live into whatever that something is which is already there the more we will find ourselves fulfilled and satisfied and happy and so as catholics And as Christian, our Christian brothers and sisters who are not Catholic, um, we understand that Jesus has revealed to us who we are as human beings. So God Himself has revealed in the person of Jesus Christ what it means to be a human being, and and it does mean something to be a human being. And so God has revealed; Jesus has revealed. This new covenant with these new teachings, which the church has developed like a seed in the ground that eventually grows into this beautiful, vast tree. Um, the church has, has um, who is the bride of Christ, who is one with Christ, has developed these teachings that lead us to flourish in our humanity. Jesus says, I have told you this, I've told you to keep my commandments, so that my joy might be in you and your joy might be complete. And so, as we have these, um, these kind of cultural battles, right, um, that we can read about in the news or um, see online in various forms of social media between um, these different understandings of what it means to be a human being. I think it's really helpful to just take a step back and look at what is the fruit of these different anthropologies. What is the fruit? Um, Is it joy or is it it depression and and anxiety? And of course, I believe, and I've talked about this many times, that not all depression, um, but a good amount of the depression that we see in our world today a good amount of the anxiety that we see uh, in our world today, a good amount of the despair that we find in our world today comes from this vision of what it means to be a human being. Um, And I think Christ desires to set us free um, by showing us what it means to be a human being, just like he's talking about in the Gospel today. A little example that I... um, that I, that I appreciate. Um, the show, the Sopranos, it's not a show that I would necessarily recommend. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it can be at points, a dark show, um, and have a lot of adult images, um, or images that are not helpful even for adults and, uh, and, and certain things happen in the show. However, I do think that the show gets human anthropology, Right, very, very often. So you have this, and that's why it's good. Um, and so you have this main character whose name is Tony Soprano, and he's a completely uh, narcissistic man. He is he's a mobster. Um, his entire life is oriented towards himself and uh, and his own ego is the center of his universe. And um, he's constantly trying to gain power honor, um, wealth and different forms of pleasure. Um, that's what his life is about. And, um, anyone who stands in his universe, um, his little universe of influence, um, who stands in his way is, is, is an enemy that, that, that needs to be taken care of. And so Tony throughout the series, this mobster, is always seeing this, this, uh, psychiatrist. And the reason he sees the psychiatrist, um, is because this, uh, this psychiatrist is, uh, excuse me, Tony has these panic attacks and he just, he just kind of like collapses and he faints, um, out of nowhere. And he, he doesn't understand why it's happening. He's also very depressed all the time he's pretty much perpetually unhappy throughout the show um and he he's also angry all the time and he is kind of perpetually puzzled and doesn't like the fact that he's angry all the time he doesn't like the fact that he's depressed and he goes to these sessions with this uh with this woman this this uh this counselor this psychiatrist and she puts him on medication she puts him on antidepressants and um and she talks through him about his childhood and about um all these different relationships and so on and so forth in his life and does all this psychoanalysis which of course is very helpful um in a tremendous a tremendous way to our humanity um and can be very 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 helpful but for tony it's not helpful It's not helpful for Tony. The reason it's not helpful for Tony, and and the show clearly points this out, is because Tony is living in a way that makes him depressed. There is no amount of medication or um, psychoanalysis that is going to help Tony Soprano. Because Tony Soprano, his depression comes from his moral life. He is living against how he was created as a human being to live. He he is living in a way that is not conducive to joy, to the joy that Jesus is talking about in today's gospel. Because the way that we live, the way that we live has implications for how we feel interiorly. And if we're living against our humanity, against the way that Jesus has shown us, this is what it means to be a human being, if we're living a moral framework and living in a moral system that is opposed to that, to, G, to what Jesus says, then we should not be surprised that we are depressed. We should not be surprised that we are depressed. Because our moral life contributes to our interior life and how we feel. We, you can't just um, as a human being, live a life that is completely for yourself and self-focused and be happy. That's against the law that dictates what it means to be a human being, the law of our human nature. We have an end. We have a talos, as the philosophers call it. We have something which we are meant to become. Um, we are not a random set of of um of cells that just happen to come into existence we are created with a purpose and there is a there is something we we want to live into and lean into and christ reveals what this is that is a part a major aspect of the good news is that jesus teaches us how to live he does this through his own words in the gospels and he does this through the church and the beauty of her teachings And the church's teachings, doctrine, dogma are not meant to be oppressive. They are meant to give us life and lead us into exactly what Jesus is speaking about today. Remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in His love. I have told you this so that my joy might be in you and your joy might be complete. This is Jesus' desire for all of us. For us to share in his joy. For us to share in Jesus' own joy. In his own joy and in the love of God the Father himself. Jesus, we ask you to help us to live in the joy that you offer us. Help us to have interior joy, Lord. Help us to live in an intentional way. According to our nature, help us to follow the divine laws which lead us to experience the fullness of joy, Lord. Help us, um, teach, help teach us and tutor us, Lord, by your Holy Spirit in, the, in some of the teachings of the church that maybe we're not okay with or we have not, um, we're not really capable of, um, of understanding. Or agreeing with it this time in our lives, help us, help us Lord, give us the Holy Spirit to experience um, the beauty of these of these teachings of the Church. Help us to be humble. Help us to be humble. Help us to not be the masters of our own universe and our own humanity. Help our egos to uh, decrease, and help us help us to be good disciples who sit at the feet of the Master who loves us, you, and bring us to the Father. We ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.